Alex Caruso has made his thoughts on the Defensive Player of the Year conversation surrounding him very loud and clear. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to talk a look at how the Core 3 has been playing together and performing compared to other Core 3 groups uh, from around the NBA. And we're also going to talk about what is the biggest regret for the Chicago Bulls that they have had since 2013. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So, Alex Caruso, after that performance that he had against the Phoenix Suns, in which he played with the most heart, his defense made an instant impact. This is after earlier in the week we got trade rumors that the Lakers were interested in Alex Caruso, which we're going to talk about a little bit here coming up. But when it comes down to it, now, you know, after that game and after people kind of really seeing the performance and the impact that, that he's had, people have been talking about Alex Caruso and the chances that he can be in Defensive Player of the Year conversations. Now, he was asked about it, and he said this, I'm sure there's a lot of people who didn't think I'd be in, NBA, uh, be in the NBA, who didn't think I'd be on a championship team, didn't think I'd be first team on defense. And there's probably a bunch of people that, that, that don't think I can win Defensive Player of the Year. I don't ever rule anything out just because I continue to impress myself with the heights I can reach. Now, that is a great, a great um, um, comment from Alice Caruso. Just amazing quote from him, right? And so when it comes down to it, can Alex Caruso win Defensive Player of the Year? And here's what I'll say. Yes, he can. He has more than enough skill to do so. He makes more than enough impact to do so. But will he win it on this team is the bigger question, right? And not that it matters. I, well, I don't think Alex Caruso is looking at it and saying, hey, I need to get up out of here because I can't win Defensive Player of the Year because the Bulls suck, right? And when it comes down to it, a Defensive Player of the Year has to come from a team that is winning basketball games, right? Um, so uh, it, it, it not, and again, I want to make this clear. I'm, in no way am I talking about Alice Crusoe's skill. He can more so uh, win defensive player of the year. He has every bit, when you look at how he just impacts the game, the plus minus with him all, on and off the court for the Chicago Bulls, everything points to him being able to win defensive player of the year. But when you look at the history of that award um, and, and the players that have won it, they've come from teams that have won basketball games. When you look at Jaron Jackson Jr. winning it last year, Marcus Smart the year before that. Rudy Gobert the year before that, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo before that. Rudy Gobert again before that, right? These are players that were on teams that were winning basketball games, right? And, yeah, they didn't eventually all go and win the title or have amazing playoff runs because it's a regular season award, but they did win basketball games. The Chicago Bulls right now are struggling. Struggling to even look like they're going to make the play-in tournament, and because of that, that may be the biggest obstacle in the way of Alex Caruso truly entering Defensive Player of the Year talks. Could he get some votes? Yeah, anything's possible as far as that, as far as getting some votes, but as far but is actually winning. That's the bigger, the bigger question that you have to ask yourself in this. Is is the can the Bulls win enough games to make it happen? That's the biggest question. And so Alex Caruso, I, I love all the conversation around Alex. I've been somebody who on this channel when Bulls fans are saying, oh, well, Alex Caruso doesn't fit this team. He doesn't hit shots. And I'm like, well, Alex Caruso's impact is so much greater than even what shows up on the stat sheet. And I think people are finally starting to see it, right? And that value, that value that Alex Caruso has, that he can help 
impact winning and help impact culture is one of the reasons why you have him involved in trade conversations and people asking, should the Chicago Bulls look to trade Alice Caruso, right? That is a big question around here. Now, me and Pat had that discussion recently over on Locked on Bulls after the, the Lakers rumors uh, came out as far as the Lakers really being interested in, in um, Alice Caruso. And we were kind of both agreed on it, right? Is that if the Bulls do end up looking to, to blow this roster up, Alice Caruso trade may be one of the ones that's done also to take advantage of the trade value. I actually asked a question over on Twitter, and I said, which Chicago Bull is most likely to be traded this season, right? Uh, this was posted 12 hours ago. We got 232 votes. Out of that, 42% of people voted for Zach Levine. 36% voted for DeMar DeRozan. 16.8% voted for Alice Caruso. And then 4.3% voted for Nikola Vucevic. Now, what does all that mean? It means nothing, because when it comes down to it, this front office has been so hard to predict on anything that they're going to do for so long, but the value that Alice Crusoe does have, as long, and as well as now the, the conversation around him, if the Bulls do look to make a drastic move and change with the direction of this roster, do not be surprised if, one, if Alice Crusoe is one of those dominoes to fall as well, especially when you look at the fact that he has a partially guaranteed contract next year, which, considering the value of his contract, it is a little over $9.5 million, I don't think anybody's going to not guarantee that contract. Alice Crusoe deserves to have that guaranteed unless they, they plan on not guaranteeing and then try to work out an extension with him. But when it comes down to it, like Alice Crusoe is just such a, a player that just can impact winning for your franchise and at more than a reasonable cost. And so the Bulls, especially when you look at getting into the conversation of what his extension is going to be, may very well look to, to make to move him to take advantage of that value. And we already heard the Lakers potentially offering uh, Jalen Hood Shafino. It would have to be after December 15th if that's the case. Um, but there's also now some rumors that have popped up recently that the Lakers may wait it out and see if they can get both DeMar DeRozan and Alice Caruso from the Chicago Bulls. Now, that is a move which you're going to have to give up quite a bit if that's what the Lakers end up doing. But do not be surprised that the conversation, especially trade talks around Alice Caruso, just intensify, especially as the Bulls are struggling. And as we get closer and closer to that December 15th date, and then by, by nature of it, closer to the trade deadline as well. But let me know what you guys think on all that down below. Let's get into the second topic for today. And that is Kevin Anderson, who was recently a guest on the podcast, had a, had a tweet that it really should open some eyes. And I just want to talk about it a little bit here before we move into the third topic for today. And there, there have been 45 three-man lineups in the NBA so far this season that have played over 150 minutes together. Uh, so the Bulls trio of Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic absolutely fall into that category. And out of those 45 three-man lineups that have played 150-plus minutes together, the Chicago Bulls three-man lineup rate at damn near the dead last at everyone. 44th in offensive rating at 99.8. 42nd in defensive rating at 119.5. And 45th dead last in net rating of negative 19.7. And this is something that we've seen, right, that, that it's happened. Every single year that this core three players have been together, they have a negative net rating. You know why? Because they do not fit together correctly, especially since Lonzo Ball went down. And I've, I've said it so much, and I know at this point it's become like a quote for me that I'm sure people expect to hear from me, but it comes down to just this. That glimpse that this team had of Alice Cruz, I mean of uh, Lonzo Ball uh, being here for those 30-plus games or whatever, has had this front office in a chokehold since then. And then on top of, you have coaching like Billy Donovan who can't coach his way out of a paperback. That's a bit of a, that's a harsh statement. But that's how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but I think ultimately, you, 
that we're seeing more and more evidence that this core just does not work. And the biggest parts of the core not working is what I've told and pointed out to many people, right? Is that DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic like starting their offense from the same position. They don't finish in the same place. Vooch likes finishing closer to the rim. DeMar likes finishing in the mid-range. But they both start their offense and like to generate their offense from the same area. The post and dives that Nikola Vucevic likes starting from that elbow, the same elbow that DeMar DeRozan likes to pump fake 50 times and shoot and drill it and probably get a foul call as well, right? I don't want to make it seem like it's negative for DeMar shooting at the elbow. No, he's, he's elite shooting at the elbow. But I think when you look at what the data is telling you about this team, right? And this is why so many teams now don't, it's not 100%, right? But they were levy, they rely so much on analytics to help tell them how players are going to fit together, what's working, what's not working. And guess what? The analytics are telling us, the, the numbers are telling us, the win column is telling us that this core does not work together. It doesn't, right? You can, you can make it look good in some games, you can have some flashes in which, especially when they're all going and, and the my turn, your turn is working, things like that, that they're going to be effective. They're going to win some basketball games, but they're not going to win basketball games at the level that the Chicago Bulls are hoping that they're going to win for when they, when they brought this version of the team together. This is still a team and a front office that built and constructed this team in the hopes of winning now. So when you look at that, right? It, it, it's it's really quite simple. It's not much to it. It's not working. We can oversimplify, undersimplify, whatever it is. It's not working, period. It's just not working. And so when it comes down to it, you have to make a tough decision. And like we said in, in an earlier video last week, the Bulls are probably de delaying the inevitable, right? You got to eventually look at to, to answer the tough question. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. And one of the tough questions are, how are you going to get this to work? And guess what? You're probably not, unless you're going to swing for a world-class point guard, which is probably not going to happen while you still have Lonzo in the books for over $20 million, it's not coming. And so you got you to gotta really start questioning yourself. And this front office has to really be able to evaluate it and remove what they hope that this core can be. And like we said, in, I don't know if it was a, a post-game show or if it was a pre-recorded video anymore. I do so many videos. I don't remember which one I dropped it in. But it's like when it comes down to it, you cannot keep trying to force this to work. It's not going to work. It just isn't. It isn't. And whether that means full blow up, whether that means a drastic retooling in which you really change up the mix here, right? Really trying to bring in and target a player that is going to change the dynamic of how this core three players work together. It's, it's, it's at some point, and everybody sees the writing on the wall, 
for the last two years we've come into the season as being one of the teams that every that uh, not every but a lot of teams are waiting to see are the Bulls going to start selling off their pieces at a high rate so that they can get pieces that they want to kind of push forward to their championship hopes that's what it comes down to man and at the end of the day like I know people have their love for DeMar they have their love for Vooch they have their love for Zach and you know it gets people into conversations on which one's the biggest problem or not it doesn't even matter who you see as the, as the biggest problem. The problem is what they're bringing collectively, and what they're bringing collectively is not working. It just isn't. And so let's hope that the front office eventually sees that, isn't afraid to admit that, and then can move off this and see what they can do. See what they can do, right? And I know DeMar has been great for this Bulls team. Zach Levine has had some flashes. Nikola Vucevic has as well. But you got to make a decision for the better part of your roster unless, because I'm telling you right now, if the Bulls sign DeMar DeRozan to an extension, this is going to be at least, at the bare minimum, the next three years of the Chicago Bulls is exactly what we experienced the last three years. The same damn thing. We'll see. Let me know what you guys think. Maybe you guys think I'm off my rocker for that. But let's get into the last topic for today, and that is the Bulls' biggest regrets. So Old Town NBA had a tweet in which it lists the biggest regrets of each NBA team since the 2013 season. And the Bulls, they, they listed that the Vooch trade was the biggest mistake. And while I don't agree with that, I understand while it was there, right? But looking at the mistakes that the Chicago Bulls have made with their franchise since 2013, as I'm just going to be flat out honest with you, it's traumatizing as hell, right? You're talking about going all the way back to drafting Jeff, I mean, sorry, Marcus T. You're going all the way back to that, right? The, the signing of Jabari Parker, the, the Derrick Rose trade, the Jimmy Butler trade, right? You're, you're, it's so much that you're looking at since 2013, and it really brings together why this franchise is stuck in the pit that it is. It, it's, it's countless wrong decision after countless wrong decision for this Bulls team. When you look at the, the lottery picks that we've whiffed on, Denzel Valentine was a lottery pick. Like, like just, just, just think about that, right? Tony Snell was a, was a, was a 20 overall pick. You got the, 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 um, the, the, the trade that we did for, for McDuck, uh, Doug McDermott, right? You got that one in there as well. But then let's look at just recently for the Chicago Bulls. Just recently, right? You have the Vooch trade. You got passing on Tyrese Halliburton, passing on Walker Kessler, uh, trading um, uh, Daniel Gafford for, for basically pennies. What did we get back? Troy Brown Jr. in that trade. Making Jim Boylan head coach. Trading Portis, which I think I already said. Countless coaching decisions. Every coaching choice that we've made since Tom Thibodeau has been bad when you look at it. And so looking and trying to rank what the worst decision made was, I came down to these two, right? Kind of at my 1A and 1B, so to say, in worst decisions made by the Chicago Bulls since 2013. And I want to hear from you guys on this one. Let me know what you think the worst move and decision by the Bulls were. Keep in mind, by decision, I don't just mean tra trades or, or signing players. I mean, our drafts. I mean, also the front office, the coaching staff, all those type of things. Let me know that. But I came down for me personally on my personal list on, on two of the biggest mistakes that the Chicago Bulls have made. One, making Jim Boylan head coach. Jim Boylan, for a team that already was not drafting with a purpose, this front office at that point in time, it was still Garpax, was drafting and hoping something was going to stick and somebody was going to develop into a superstar. And it did not happen. But outside of that, Jim Boylan, making Jim Boylan your head coach, I think was one of the worst decisions that the Chicago Bulls have made since 2013. It ruined the confidence. It ruined the chemistry. Hell, it ruined the view that we had on players that we saw show flashes, but then 
Jim Boylan's head, head coaching ru- ruined so much with those players, right? When you look at the Laurie marketing, which is a, a trade that a lot of people bring up as well, but would that have even happened had Jim Boylan not ruined the confidence of Laurie marketing, right? So the Jim Boylan signing him and bringing him in as a head coach, doubling down on them. Keep in mind, this ownership group was so enamored with Jim Boylan that they asked A.K. and Eversley to keep him on after they took over the team. So that's a huge mistake in black eye, in my opinion, on the, his, on the recent history of the Chicago Bulls. Now, outside of that, the, the Vooch trade, listen, we overpaid for Vooch. It is what it is. But I think even worse than that was passing on Tyrese Halliburton, which is, which is also my number one. Passing on Tyrese Halliburton and what he's turned into, you have now missed out on one of the best point guards in the NBA. You miss locking up an all-star, an all-star for a player in Patrick Williams that still has potential, right? This isn't to shit on Patrick, but it is to talk about how good Tyrese Halliburton has been. I know we already had Kobe, so we probably weren't going to go point guard anyway, right? But when you look at what Halliburton has become, and you think about now pairing that in the backcourt with, with Zach Levine, right? Now, is it some issues on how they would have worked defensively? Maybe, right? But I don't think that at this point, then, the Chicago Bulls feel like they need to sign another scorer in DeMar DeRozan. Maybe they still do, right? Maybe they still make the Vooch trade, right? Maybe they still make that trade. Because at that point, again, we're still talking about Jim Boylan being the head coach still over Laurie's tenure. So Laurie still wants to end up going. Maybe they still still end up making the Vooch trade and moving Laurie. Maybe those things still happen, right? But passing on Tyrese Halliburton and what he's become has to be one of the biggest woulda, coulda, shouldas for the recent history for the Chicago Bulls. And Walker Kessler to a lesser extent, but Walker Kessler is a damn good player, but he ain't Tyrese Halliburton, not yet, right? So that, to me, those two things, because of the reasons that I laid out, are two of the biggest regrets that I think that I have for this team in my time watching this team, and that's been my whole life. So, you know, it is what it is. It sucks. But the coaching decision overall um, we're seeing Billy Donovan may end up being another one of those. But those two things, I think, are the biggest uh, m- mistakes that the Chicago Bulls have made since 2013. But I tell you, if you go back and look at all the Chicago Bulls transactions since 2013, you are going to get triggered. There's no way around it. Like I said, this goes all the way back to drafting Marcus Teague. So just think of everything that happened since then. Paying uh, paying uh, uh, Cristiano Felicio, drafting Denzel Valentine, drafting Tony Snell, Doug McDermott not working out, right? Even if he goes away, has a better career, right? The, the drafting of Kobe, the drafting of Wendell, the drafting of Laurie, like all those things happen. I'm not listing those as mistakes, but just all those things happen in that time frame, all of it. And so it's just crazy how 10 years, a decade plus of bad mistakes for the Chicago Bulls have led us to this place of absolute purgatory. And that's where we sit right now. And that's where it seems like we're going to continue to sit for quite a while because Hey, this front office, again, I have my positives with, with, with Acme. I'm not completely against them like some Bulls fans are, but they got to figure out a way to give us a future because right now, the only future that we absolutely see for the Chicago Bulls is a future of struggle, a future of strife, a future of frustration, a future of just outright suck. That is a big, big issue for the Chicago Bulls team is that right now, the future of the Chicago Bulls, it doesn't just look dim. It damn well is is a black hole, right? Because we have not had any luck in drafting, which, again, is one of the biggest problems, again, that I always have with this team. To give your team a future, to do that 
And realistically, you have to be able to draft well. And we'll see if maybe that starts turning around for the Chicago Bulls with a player development staff. Let's see, man. But that's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Breaks, Breaks Media. 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 Media.